Welcome back to the Go to Go podcast, man. Episode fifty-eight, week four of the NFL season, just around the corner. This week, got another segment, hot or not. We're gonna break down our top ten teams in the NFL power ranking style, and then we're gonna jump into obviously our week four pickums as well, man. You want to start us off with your hot or nots this week? Yeah, I'll get it going. Uh, I got four this week. Okay, okay. All right, so the first one, hot or not, the Cowboys show their true colors this past week versus the Cardinals. Well, just go ahead and eliminate my hot or not. I'll say that is not a hot take. I mean, there's always that meme of the Cowboys cycle, we them boys, It's this. this is our year. Dak sucks. The, the team's cursed, whatever. They're at that point in the cycle to where, you know, is Dak the franchise guy? You're wondering. They finally played a competitive game from an opposing team. It wasn't very competitive in standards, considering the Arizona Cardinals are considered to be the front runners for the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And then they go out and lose to Josh Dobbs, who started the season, obviously, in Cleveland as a backup, got traded. Josh Dobbs. Showed some good stuff out there. You know, he got connected with his receivers, Hollywood Brown. He was mobile out the pocket. Cowboys defense looked lackluster. Micah Parsons, not really, you know, an electric day by his standards. But the defense, you know, Diggs losing for the year with the ACL obviously hurts them. But that offense couldn't get anything going. Dak, he didn't look good at all. And it doesn't really look. It looks like the normal Cowboys, they might get 9, 10 wins regular season maybe even 11 but come playoff time can Dak perform and I still think we're sitting here asking the same question when last week it was are the Cowboys the best team in the NFC so they dropped a tough one but that's definitely you know not a hot take at all all right next hot or not Justin Fields time as a starting QB is over in Chicago that's just not a hot take man (laughs) I mean Breaking it down, Justin Fields has not looked good. He's been unsure of his reads, bad balls thrown. They really aren't getting him running out of the pocket designed runs. I think that's a huge part, the play calling and Bears organization. But at some point, the quarterback's got to take accountability. He's just not making the right reads. He's not pulling the trigger on some of those passes where the receivers are open. Timing issues, a feel issue on the field. Maybe lack of confidence from Justin Fields. But regardless of what it is, he hasn't looked good to this point in the season. Now in his third year, I think he started 20-something games, whatever it was. And Justin Fields, it's not the Justin Fields that was the number one quarterback at a high school. The top prospect, you know, going into Ohio State, balling out at Ohio State, winning championships, or getting towards the national title. Um, So... It's definitely, you know, they thought it was Justin Fields' year. It was a lot of off-season hype. Is he a dark horse for MVP? Well, he's probably a front-runner for MVP and not valuable player right now. So, it's it's tough for Justin Fields. I like him. I really wanted to see him do good, but it's just it's not clicking. All right. Sticking in the NFC North, hot or not, Jordan Love and the Packers are their clear favorites in that division of their NFC North. Once again, I don't think it's a hot take right now, man. Biggest competition, you know, you look at before the season, you got the Lions, you got the Minnesota Vikings out there. 
But right now, the Packers, on a steady pace, Jordan Love not turning the football over, taking care of it as a young quarterback. You go out give your team a chance to win. And he's really doing that well. The Packers playing well on both ends. You know, not week three, but week two, they gave up that fourth quarter meltdown to the Falcons. They followed it up this week. Obviously, Derek Carr was hurt and Jameis was in the game. But regardless, come back from a 17-point deficit. That's a tough task, especially for a young quarterback to do. He went out and did it. The Vikings are 0-3. The Lions, they look really good. I could say that they're my pick to win that division right now. But, I mean, to say the Packers, you know, aren't a favorite right now, it's you kind of just be throwing them to the curb. But, I mean, I got them right up there with the Lions, and we'll, we'll talk about it, you know, when I get to my picks for power rankings. All right, and then the last one, hot or not, C.J. Stroud would be the best quarterback from the 2023 draft class. Not a hot take once again. I mean, Stroud, I think he said 250 yards plus each game, had a three, 340 passing yard or whatever it was the other week. And right now he looks like the best quarterback out that class. You know, Bryce Young, obviously – out last week he hasn't looked better than Stroud Stroud right now is looking the best we haven't seen all the quarterbacks from the draft class you know Anthony Richardson concussed he was looking good to start the season as well he could have been in the conversation rookie of the year and then you know kind of a sleeper pick I mean not really sleeper but Will Levis over there in Tennessee he hasn't touched the field yet still really don't know what's going on there but I definitely have CJ Stroud up there as, you know, definitely could be the best. And, I mean, he has looked the best so far. Best passer. Um, him and Tank Dell got it going last week. Nico Collins has looked good out there. Damian Pierce, you know, he's doing his thing, getting his touches. And this was a team that was destined to get the number one overall pick. And forgot what player said it, but he said it was actually a gift, you know, that they won that game because now they have C.J., at the helm, kind of throwing shots at Bryce a little. But, I mean, C.J. Stroud, definitely Ohio State guy. So, you know I got to rock with him. All right. And that was my for it. So, I guess I have two unless you wanted me to ask you about the Cowboys and your take on them. So, sure, go ahead and ask. How did not? This is the same old Cowboys. I'm going to say that's not a hot take, but I don't fully agree. I think defensively, even though they gave up, you know, points to the Cardinals and ended up losing, I think they have a really, really good defensive unit. So I think they'll be really competitive on that side of the ball. Now, you know, Trayvon Diggs goes down. That's a huge blow. But Michael Parsons, we'll, we'll talk about him, arguably the best player in football defensively, and you kind of saw how the Cardinals game planned around him, which shows how important he is to that team. I think their defense is still really good, but offensively, Dak Prescott-wise, I think you pretty much touched on everything. I mean, we still have those questions. Dak Prescott really still not able to kind of create outside of the pocket on the move. Still some head-scratching decisions, just like when everything isn't going perfect and the defense doesn't give him a two-point lead or a two-possession lead. He's a different player when he needs to go make plays, you know, in the fourth quarter. It's like his biggest mistakes always seem to happen, like when the game's on the line or that interception. It's like, yeah, you threw an interception, but 
when did you throw it? You threw it when the game was on the line, when you, the time you didn't need to throw an interception at all. So I think offensively, there's still a lot of question marks. Um, Outside of C.D. Lamb, kind of where else do you want to go with the ball? Michael Gallup had a decent game, but you lose Dalton Schultz, who kind of was a safety blanket for Dak last season. Tony Pollard still looks good, but there's no really big threat on the outside, outside of C.D. Lamb. So I think there is still a lot of question marks on that Cowboys offense, which will ultimately hold them back. Mike McCarthy's play calling still kind of looks like he's in the 2010s, kind of you know, not being as aggressive, which in today's NFL, you see all these teams, like, well, not all these teams, but a team like the Dolphins putting up 70 points. These teams scoring a lot of points nowadays where you want to see more aggressiveness. You want to see more creative, more innovative play calling. And offensively, I just don't see it for the Cowboys right now. Defensively, I think they'll be okay. There were some injuries, but overall, if you want to say this is the same old Cowboys, Listen, I'm not going to argue, but I think their <laughs> defense is a little better to where it's kind of different. But overall, I, I, I'm i going to agree. Not I, a hot take. I agree with you as well on uh, the defensive side of things. You mentioned the Dolphins. So, how they're not. The Dolphins should have went for the record and kicked the field goal. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. It's just like personal preference so for me I'm gonna say it's not a hot take but I don't think it really mattered like it'd have been cool for them to say yeah they have the record so I mean if you're a Dolphins fan maybe you want that as a new resume be like yeah we got the only undefeated team and the highest scoring game like ever in the NFL that would have been cool but ultimately I just I don't really think it matters I mean at this point we know how good the Dolphins offense is it's not like Weeks one and two, they were like barely scoring and struggling. It's like out of nowhere. It's like, oh, this offense is back. No, we know we knew since last year, Tua was healthy with McDaniel's when they brought over Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and those fast running backs. We knew how explosive, how dynamic this offense was. I don't think having the scoring record would have proved anything. I just think it'd have been like a cool stat to have. But I mean, I I don't think they should have. It's not like they did something wrong by not kicking that field goal but I mean if they would have it would have been cool but I don't I'm gonna say that that's a hot take they didn't need to kick that field goal you personally you would have if you were the head coach would I yeah you would have kicked the field goal Mm, I don't know that's tough maybe but I mean I probably would have went out with class like we already killing them (laughs) boys like Actually, I definitely would not have kicked the field goal. Like at that point, I would have. I probably would never even score seventy. I would have just been trying to get out, like of the game, like finish <laughs> it. Like it's over. Like there's no need to know. play this game anymore. Like I'm not trying to run the score up. Mike White, the to Robbie Chosen man, the the score. I think that was the seventieth. But <laughs> I, uh, I'll support that touchdown. But overall, like I don't think they. It's not like they had to score seventy three. Yeah, like, scoring seventy. It, <laughs> We get it, bro. <laughs> but, I mean, if they did kick the field goal, like, I'm not going to hate. Like, yeah, I'm like, you got a chance, why not? But it don't really matter to me. Yeah. Okay. My last hot or not. So, hot or not, a team besides the Jags will win the AFC South. I'm going to say that's not a hot take right now, only because the way C.J. Stroud and the Texans are playing. I mean, you kind of touched on it, him quarterback-wise when I asked you. C.J. Stroud's playing really, really good football from the quarterback position. Coming in, you know, there were a lot of question marks. Can he create? He's kind of He was kind of more the, like, safe quarterback, the 
high floor, low ceiling. But right now, the throws he's making, he's playing with anticipation, great accuracy, great ball placement. You mentioned Tank Dell. He's got a nice connection with him. And those weapons on the outside are, you know, proven to be, you know, sustainable outside weapons in the NFL. Robert Woods, he's healthy. Nico Collins, you touched on. So that team offensively, I think, will be able to put up a lot of points. And the Jags have looked a little shaky these past two weeks. Trevor Lawrence is playing okay. It doesn't help that his receivers aren't really catching the ball. And defensively, I mean, let up 30-plus points to the Texans. (laughs) Couldn't really stop a Kansas City team where coming off of that loss week one from the Lions, they didn't look great offensively, but they still found a way to get it done. I think it's more of the Jags shooting themselves in the foot right now. No. Lucky for them, they got a few home games away from home coming up these next couple weeks playing in London, so <laughs> that'll be cool. But ultimately, if the Texans ended up winning this division, I wouldn't be too surprised. But I think right now, I think, you know, kind of relax, pull back the reins. I think the Jags still are the front runners, but seeing the way C.J. Stroud is playing and the way this team just keeps getting better, better every week, Stroud getting better, better every week, the Titans, I mean, I don't really see it. I'm, you watched that game last week. The Browns and Tannehill kind of came back down to earth. They just doesn't look like they have any options offensively. So, overall, I think the Jags are still the favorites, but I wouldn't be surprised. And I think the Texans would be my pick of the team to win that division if it's not the Jags. All right, man. That's going to wrap up our hot or not for this week. Moving it to power rankings, top 10 teams. In the NFL, going from 10 to 9, uh, you want to start us off with your number 10 team? All right. Number 10. Now, this was it was kind of tricky for these last couple teams, but mm-hmm. at 10, I picked the Detroit Lions. I think they're a solid team, especially at home in that dome, and Jared Goff is playing Jared Goff football. Offensively, they're really explosive. They got some weapons on that side of the ball. And defensively, I think is kind of where they're still a little shaky at. But I think they're good enough, and they're a solid team. So I got the Lions at 10. And 9, you want me to do as well? Yeah. Is it? I got a Cleveland Browns. Okay. Now, I was flipping back and forth between the Steelers and Browns, but I just think defensively right now the Browns have more. And offensively, I trust them more. So, I just picked the Cleveland Browns. Now, Miles Garrett, you saw what he did against that Tennessee team. Now, probably the worst offensive line in football, but (laughs) Miles Garrett was out there having a field day. Those corners are playing really good football, like you mentioned. And Deshaun Watson's trending in the right direction. Didn't look horrible like he did, you know, past couple weeks. He looked like an okay quarterback, showed some signs of, you know, life. And Mari Cooper had a really nice game. David Njoku, a couple catches. So I think the Browns are a team that's still got some questions offensively, but are trending in the right direction. Kareem Hunt was back. Hopefully, you know, get some familiarity back in that backfield. But defensively, I think this is what's going to carry this team. They have a really, really good defense. I wouldn't be surprised if they have, you know, the best defense in the league at the end of the season. So, when you have a really, really good defense and what seems to be a competent offense trending in that direction, you're going to be a good team in the NFL. So I got the Browns at nine. Uh, yeah, my number ten team. I go ten and nine, hand in hand. Ten, I got the Packers. Man, we talked about him. Jordan Love not turning the ball over. 
doing all the right things you could ask from a young QB. And that leads me to the next one. At nine, I got the Detroit Lions, man. You mentioned Jared Goff. The only reason I'm putting him a little bit step ahead is I trust that veteran leadership, Jared Goff. He's been to a Super Bowl. Amin Ra on the outside. He's got a couple years under his belt. Compared to the back, the Packers, you know, the offense, it's a lot of young guys surrounded over there. So how long can they truly keep up this mistake-free football to where – or almost mistake-free football. But regardless, Packers' defense looks great. The Lions, you know, a little less than the Packers defensively. But it's Jared Goff and that veteran QB presence. And then, you know, it's what I trust in more than just Jordan Love. Small sample size has been a great uh, sample so far. But can he do it through the course of a whole year? We'll see. So I got I got Packers 10, Lions 9 in that North matchup. All right. At number eight, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I think the Seahawks are a good team. I will have them above the Lions. They beat them at home, and then I have them above the Browns just because I like their offense a little better. Geno Smith, you kind of know what he is at this point. He's a solid quarterback, able to conduct that offense. I like their weapons on the outside. DK and Tyler Lockett, you know, proven, proven wide receiver duo in this league. And Kenneth Walker in that run game is starting to get going now. Defensively, you like to see them come along and take some strides, but they got a lot of young talent. I think Jamal Adams is coming back. That's a name we Return. haven't heard in a while yet. Yep. So a little stability back there. I think this defense, as the season goes along, will kind of come around. And I just kind of like what they're doing offensively. And they got a really good head coach. Pete Carroll knows how to win games in this league. So that always helps. And at number seven, I have the Green Bay Packers. I'm a little higher than you are. But going along with everything you said, yeah, they have a, a young team. But they've been missing a lot of pieces, too. I think Christian Watson, he might be playing his mm-hmm. first game this year. Jair Alexander was out last game. Bakhtiari didn't play as well. Some alignment missing games. So hopefully, you know, we haven't seen this Packers team at their full potential. Aaron Jones missed last game as well. So I want to see all of these playmakers, all of these people on the team kind of play, and we get to see them at their true, true potential. And Jordan Love, you touched on. I think he's the league leader in touchdown passes or right below Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure. But he's, he's definitely right below. Yeah, he's definitely up there. And this offense that Matt LaFleur is running, Jordan Love is kind of conducting it perfectly. He's being really aggressive, taking shots at times when he's need to. He's able to read the field, hit the check downs, intermediate. Deep ball has been a little shaky. You've seen him miss some big throws. But if he's able to bring in that deep ball accuracy and connect on those big plays, this is going to be a super, super explosive offense. I like the creativity. I like the play calls. And... I think once we get everybody on this Packers team back and healthy and playing together, I think they got a lot of untapped potential. So I got the Packers at seven. Yeah, for my number eight, man, we, we've been talking about them so far early on this show. Got the Dallas Cowboys and the defense is the, the main reason I got them at eight and high. I mean, I was thinking about putting them behind the Packers and Lions, but Micah Parsons one of the best players in football, especially – Coming off the edge, so I got him at 8. At 7, I got a team that, you know, was looking a little shaky in the Baltimore Ravens. I got them at 7. The things Lamar Jackson can do for a team, extend plays with his legs, his mobility, 
his late game presence to close it out. I mean, when you need to stop, it seems like he could go out, scramble, and just loft the ball downfield. I mean, that's what he's done to my Browns every time I've ever watched mm-hmm. him play. So I got the Ravens at seven, man. Lamar Jackson finally has a true weapon in Zay Flowers, it looks like. And obviously, they got his tight ends over there as well. Can they get that run game going once again? I know the big injury uh, to J.K. Dobbins. Can those guys, Gus Edwards, um, Justice Hill, I know they promoted uh, Gordon and Drake. You know, can they make a little committee, get that run game going, maybe take a little pressure off the quarterback from running as much? But the Ravens at seven, um, Lamar Jackson's the sole reason of this. Yeah, um, I didn't have the Ravens on my list just because, like, I don't know. That game against the Colts was kind of shaky, but Very. I just – I think injuries and the way they play, I don't know. I just – it was close. I, I was kind of debating. I had them, like, right outside. I think they are a really good team, and I, Lamar's playing really, really good football. I just don't think they're, like, all the way there yet defensively and stuff. But, I mean, I, I don't hate it. So, number six, I have the Dallas Cowboys. We kind of touched on them already. Um, Defensively, I think basically the Cowboys are just like a better version of the Browns. But I don't think their defense is as good. But offensively, I would trust Dak in that offense more than Cleveland right now. But Micah Parsons, he's, you know, got offenses literally game planning around him to take him out the game completely. And we saw what the Cardinals did. And it works. And, you know, if Dak does have a two-touchdown lead and if they do have the run game going, then he's a fine quarterback. He's able to make all the throws in the pocket while he's ahead. It's just, you know, when it comes down to crunch time, how how much do you trust Dak Prescott? But luckily with this defense, I don't think he'll have to make too, too many of those big-time decisions, big-time plays in the regular season. So right now I got the Cowboys at six and – at number five, I got the Buffalo Bills, man. Big, big bounce-back game for this team on the road last week against the Commanders. Josh Allen kind of bringing out that playmaking ability. Some cra- He made a crazy throw to Diggs across the body, like on the move outside the pocket this past week. I believe they forced four interceptions from Sam Howell, so the defense is flying around. They got talent on that side of the ball. Stephon Diggs is still looking like a true, true – dominant number one receiver and they're getting the run game going a little bit more as well I think Cook is number three in rushing so far this year so it's nice to see the Bills kind of add that element to their offense take a little bit of pressure off that passing game but Gabe Davis getting involved he had a nice catch so I think this Bills team after a rough a rough week one are definitely trending in the right direction and Josh Allen is playing some really good football right now so I got him at five yeah so for my number six, I have the Cleveland Browns, and they're higher than the Cowboys. For one thing, I mean, not just one thing, but the defense, uh, league low. They're averaging, I believe, 3.7 yards a play, maybe even less than that. So this defense is playing the best it ever has. There was a couple of pieces missing, you know, last year due to injuries, mainly linebacker position. Grant Delpit, back end safety, finally healthy he's out there making plays miles garrett there's literally a clip of him running from one end to the other and the titans that. bringing two tight ends with him to force a delay a game it, and this is 
kind of like Mark, Micah Parsons, you got a game plan for Miles Garrett. Only thing is with the Browns on the other side, you got Zadarius Smith, uh, Ogbo on the other side as well in rotation, and the interior defensive tackles. I've talked about how they upgraded from years past. They finally have that inside pressure. Mo Hurst, Mo Hurst looking phenomenal. Dallin Tomlinson, the big free agent signing as well from the Vikings. And then offensively, you take a hit with Nick Chubb, biggest loss you could have uh, for the Browns organization last week. We saw Deshaun Watson, other than the backwards pass, which <laughs> yeah, really, really almost killed me and had a heart attack while watching it. Other than that play, Deshaun Watson completed 82% of his passes, second career high. Um Amari Cooper connection was real. Had a touchdown called back on Amari Cooper. Probably could have had two. Um, Jerome Ford caught a touchdown. Uh, Elijah Moore is looking good with that connection as well. You mentioned David Njoku. He was looking good at the tight end position as well. Only thing that scares me is that offensive line. And Jedrick Wills at the left tackle. Because he's probably one of the worst tackles in the National Football League. And Deshaun Watson posted a 123 passer rating um, in his best game as a Cleveland Brown by far. So that's going to put them at that sixth position for me. The five, man, you mentioned the Buffalo Bills. I got the Bills. Josh Allen looked good. The main thing you said as a takeaway is James Cook running the football, I feel like, for the past year. I said just run the football. They never run the football. Josh Allen's the only one that ran the football. And would be dropping back 40-plus times. James Cook, he can receive it. Quick little passes out the backfield. He can run it as well. It's probably the biggest thing for him. And obviously those four turnovers last week. You know, maybe it was a little bit Sam Howell. But they definitely created pressure. Greg Rousseau. Uh, I don't even think Von Miller is out there. So defense for the Buffalo Bills was looking solid as well. I know it was just the commanders. But they're definitely out there. Josh Allen didn't turn the ball over. And it wasn't you know, as he was in week one against the Jets where he was just airing out arm punts. Yeah, the Bills are definitely trending in the right direction. So at number four for me, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, defensively, I think they might have the best, you know, I think defensive line in total. Jalen Carter is already looking like a top five, top three defensive tackle pass rusher I mean I think he leads the league in pressures I think he has 15 quarterback pressures already if he doesn't lead the league he's like two or three he's right up there it might actually be Javon Hargrave and he's right below him but still to be a rookie the way he impacts the game one of the biggest question marks for him coming out was character and stuff like that does he have a high motor what is his effort going to look like and you know on Monday night against the Bucks, he made a really really big high effort play couldn't get to the passer, comes off a block, and then goes down the field and forces a fumble on the running back on a check down. So that's really, you know, the kind of effort you want to see from an elite pass rushing defensive tackle. Offensively, I think Jalen Hurts is playing good football. He's not playing to the MVP level we saw last year. And there's still, you know, some rust and questions around that passing game. But when it comes to running the football, there's not a better team in the league right now. DeAndre Swift is out there looking like LaShawn McCoy. Kenny Gamble's hitting holes as well. And Jalen Hurts had a better rushing game 
this past week. So that offensive line, as long as they're healthy, I mean, if you watch like the clips in the film, like all 22 and just watch the holes that this offensive line creates, it's like DeAndre Swift isn't getting touched till he's already in the secondary. It's really, really amazing the kind of runs and stuff they're able to scheme up and the run games they have. The passing and stuff, I think, will come along. We saw A.J. Brown get a lot more involved. I think he had like nine catches for 130 yards. So really, really get good to see him get involved. And defensively, the secondary looked a lot better. Now we are kind of banged up. It was really nice to see Reed Blankenship back. He made a big play, had an interception on Baker Mayfield on Monday night. So I think this team is undefeated. They're playing really well, but there's clearly still room for improvement, and they can get a lot better than they already are which can be encouraging. And then number three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones, they're all back and they're all playing. Not really much else to have to say. Mahomes has Kelsey on that field. His ability to make throws and find people, and if they're not there to make a crazy throw, he can always just check it down to his reliable target. Defensively, they're playing really good. Like I mentioned, Chris Jones, he's back. Wrecking havoc. The Chiefs are... They're looking like Super Bowl form like they were last season. Top two thing, top two teams, I just think, are a little bit deeper. The only real concerns with the Chiefs I have is wide receiver who's catching the ball. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has proven again and again that it doesn't really matter who he's throwing to. He's able to get it done. So, I got them at number three. Yeah, number four, man, I got the Eagles as well. Same reasons you mentioned. Jalen Hurts hasn't really looked to form in, as what we expected. So, this is why they're at the four. D-line's elite. Jalen Carter's stealing the draft. We all know this. And DeAndre Swift, who started off as the backup to Kenny Gainwell. And Gainwell misses two games. And now De- DeAndre Swift looks like a top five back in the league right now. Out there hurting late Antoine Winfield last night. And it's going to lead me to, you know, they, the memes, the Kelsey Swift duos. The ones in Philly yeah. the one they want. Well, the three, I still got the Kelsey and Swift uh, duos, this one being Travis and Taylor. So the Patrick Mahomes, you mentioned it. Pacheco's looking good out in the backfield. You got Travis Kelsey on the field. You got a deep threat that's proven and MVS on the team. Can Kadarius Tony put his hands together, catch a football? Chris Jones still looking like a top five defensive tackle in the league as well. I mean, uh, the Chiefs are just, they're the Chiefs. They got the best quarterback on the planet right now playing for them. You you can't count them at the top five if that guy's under center every game. And with Andy Reid as your head coach, yeah, it's it's the Chiefs at three right now. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think we're going to have the same top four. (laughs) And at number two, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Football-wise, there's... Not really many holes on this roster, and the biggest one you can say is quarterback and Brock Purdy. Last week on Thursday had his best career game yet. First 300-yard passing game, I believe one. I think he had two touchdowns that game as well. One touchdown, but two. He had two, yeah. So distributing the ball, getting involved. Debo's looking as explosive as ever with the ball in his hands. George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. He's running like a monster. I think he leads the league in rushing yards right now. Offensively, Kyle Shanahan has got those guys schemed up, playing really, really good. And then 
defensively, I mean, I don't need to do it. You can go through their roster and name all the guys on who they have. They just got dudes everywhere, and their biggest question mark at quarterback seems to be starting to play his best football. So, I mean, it's only up for here for the 49ers if everyone's healthy and those guys are playing the way they are right now. They could move up to the number one spot, but as of now, I got them at number two. Only because I don't know if anyone's going to be able to score more points than the number one team, the Miami Dolphins. We saw them score 70. They're just putting up a ridiculous amount of points in offensive production on whoever they play. I don't think it really matters. The way Mike McDaniels is scheming up this offense, the way they use this motion with Tyreek Hill and get guys running out full speed and exploding off of the ball and just the amount of separation and the respect that Tyreek Hill has. Tyreek Hill is catching all of these passes in big plays, but it's not like he's catching them 50, 40 yards down the field. No, he's catching them 15, 20 yards down the field with 10 yards of space around him because he's so wide open and he's able to just run past guys. But I mean, then you see last week, you add that element of the run game. You see Devon A-Chain kind of come into his own, has a crazy game. Mostert scoring touchdowns left and right. There was just so much space in everything the the Dolphins did last week on offense, no matter if they were throwing, no matter if they were running. And right now, I don't think there's a better quarterback than Tua to be accurate, delivering the ball on time in those short to intermediate routes, getting the ball into his playmaker's hands. He's basically like a traditional point guard, like in the NBA. You know, you want to see those guys like they're not shooting the ball. They're not doing nothing. They're just distributing, getting the ball exactly where it needs to be. Pinpoint accuracy on time, making everyone around him better. Defensively, you want to, I mean, the Dolphins are where they are on defense. As long as they don't allow more than 30 points, they'll be fine because the Dolphins are going to score more than 30 points. But you like what you see from Christian Wilkins up the middle, linebackers flying around, secondary solid. So I think the, the Dolphins are going to be okay on defense. I just really think the story for this team is the offense, the way. McDaniels is scheming plays up the way Tua is executing and all the speed they have around them. I think I saw a stat saying the six fastest times recorded in the NFL have all been Dolphins players, Tyreek, A-Chain, and Moser, I think, well, all three. So Mm -hmm. no one's catching these guys. They're all going to be open, whether it's a run or a pass. The offensive line is playing really, really well. So, I mean... In today's modern NFL, to beat a team, you got to score more points than them. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to score more than the Dolphins. Yeah, man. Um, My number two, San Francisco 49ers, obviously. And Brock Purdy threw three games this year. A 106 uh, quarterback rating. I mean, four touchdowns to zero picks. First game over 300 yards. 67% completion. He's been above 65% in every game. He's sitting at 67% on the season so weakest part of the you know position group is Brock Purdy I mean when you got Christian McCaffrey he's running angry strong fast he's looking like prime CMC right now Debo Samuel there wasn't even Brandon Ayuk last week George Kittle you go up and down they're stacked every position defensively offensively they have it all and the only difference between the two is you said uh, the Dolphins and the 49ers, which have the Dolphins at one, if it was any surprise. Speed, man. And, I mean, when you got Tyreek Hill just being having three of the fastest times recorded and then Mostert and A-Chain the other two, 
there was a guy that didn't play last week and we put up 70 points, and that was Jalen Waddle, the guy who's arguably just as fast as any of those guys and up there in speed as well and being the number two receiver in Miami. Didn't play. You put up 70 points. You get a guy who is probably going to be a fourth-string running back in Devon A-Chain, and he goes for 200 yards all-purpose, four touchdowns, same with Mostert. Mostert came out and said he felt like he had a chip on his shoulder. Everybody was writing him off after the injuries because of his age as well. He said he felt like he had that chip on his shoulder, and he's playing like it right now. And you mentioned, too, his distribution. I mean, you know, he's not forcing the ball to Tyreek Hill when they need to. I mean, sure, you might go to Tyreek on a big play, but he'll find your guys, Braxton Berrios, Robert Craycraft has looked nice so far this year. And it's like, normally you'd say those are big drop-offs, but he knows when to find them. Those guys get open. They know their roles. And maybe Braxton Berrios should bring Alex Earl to the game every day because she was on the sideline and the Dolphins put up 70. So she's back welcome at the Hard Rock anytime for Braxton Berrios. And the defense, I mean, this is a team that used to be known for defense prior to this Mike McDaniel offense. And you look at it, the Dolphins have all the right pieces in place, whether it's Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb on the outside, Andrew Van Ginkle, Jerome Baker, Xavier Howard on the outside. And then you forget that Jalen Ramsey might be playing later on in this season as well. So you add him into the mix, that DB room gets crazy, that defense, they start making plays and forcing a couple turnovers. It's going to look scary if the Dolphins can do it on both sides of the football and, you know, maybe give them a couple games and that defense starts stepping up and you might see them win some football games rather than the offense. But regardless, that's going to move us to our NFL pickums for this week, man. In Thursday night football, Lions travel to Green Bay to play the Packers. And this is I just had the, the Lions just ahead of the Packers at that nine position. We already talked about them. So I'm just going to go ahead and pick the Lions um, for this first game of the week. Yeah, I think this will be an exciting game. Probably a bunch of points scored, but I'm going to take the Packers at home. Like I mentioned, got some of those guys coming back. Christian Watson, his first game, add that explosive deep threat element to this offense. Maybe Aaron Jones comes back. Hopefully Bakhtiari, but it'll be nice to see everyone finally healthy for the Packers playing to their full potential, and I think they get it done at home in the division game. Next one up, man, Atlanta Falcons traveling to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars, man. And, you know, the Jags have looked very, very rough. We mentioned it earlier. I think it's a get-back-on-track game. Calvin really kind of been silenced after a great week one. He's really been non-existent in the offense. Expect him to get back on track. I like this Falcons team a lot. And their ability to run the football, I believe they have, you know, one of the best duo one-two punches when it comes to running backs in the NFL. I just, I think the Jacks, Jags need this to bounce back and get on the right track because, as you mentioned, those Texans, they could win that division. And I think the Jags know it. T-Law knows it. I think they got to get on the same page. And this is the week it starts. Yeah, I'm, I've been high on the Jags. You know, I'm a T-Law guy, but... I- Unfortunately, I just think this matchup just doesn't really favor them well. Their defense has kind of been struggling. Well, not kind of. Their defense has been struggling. They let up 30, I think it was 37 points to the Texans last week. And their offense just hasn't been as sharp as they need to be. 
Well, the Falcons, what do they do best? Run the ball and keep it away from your offense. So if your defense isn't at its best and the Falcons are going to be able to just run the ball and keep that possession, keep it out of Trevor Lawrence's hands, I think it's just kind of set up for the Falcons to steal a home game from the Jags out in London. So oh, yes. I'm going to I'm going to pick the Falcons. I think their game plan, their scheme, and their defense has been solid too. So I like the Falcons in this game. Totally forgot this is a London game. It's at 9 a.m. on the East Coast. If you're waking up on the West Coast, probably just never go to sleep at that point and just watch football all day. But regardless, I also forgot to give our records. We were both 10-6 and six last week. Puts me at 30-18. and 18. You at 29-19. and 19. So we're neck and neck right now in this Pickums race. Next one up, man, we got the L.A. Rams. Traveled to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Rams offense has looked elite to this point with Stafford other than last night where they kind of struggled to get the ball into the end zone. Um, but Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, those two guys are picking up the slack for Cooper Cup being gone right now. I like that Rams offense, but, you know, I expect Anthony Richardson to come back from that concussion this week. And I like the way he's been playing so far, being able to run the football, big arm, can we see it break out against this suspect Rams defense? I think we do. So I got the Colts winning at home against the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Rams in this game. Now, you kind of touched on that offense in, on Monday night against the Bengals. Their kind of biggest issue was pass protection, and Stafford was kind of under duress all night. Well, I think this Colts defense is really good, but I don't know if they'll be able to get that pressure on Stafford like the Bengals were able to. But even if they are, I think, you know, Sean McVay will scheme it up. There'll be a lot more quick quick games, get the ball out of his hands really quick. Maybe we see a more Kyron Williams kind of getting that run game going. But you mentioned those two guys on the outside, Puka, Tutu Atwell. They've all been stepping up. Stafford is playing really, really good football. So I think this Colts team has some bright spots. They got a nice one last week against the Ravens. But I think McVay cooked something up here in the Rams continue to look better than everyone projected and get a nice road win here. And next one up, man, speaking of those Ravens, divisional matchup, Baltimore Ravens travel to First Energy in Cleveland to play the Browns, man. And here I got the Browns. Even though I always feel like the Ravens are the weak point in the division and the team that seemingly we can never beat, especially when the Cleveland Browns need it the most, but Mentioned earlier, Deshaun Watson coming off his best game as a Brown. The connection with Amari Cooper, Jerome Ford, has looked nice. Addition of Kareem Hunt. And with the Ravens, man, as long as we don't let that pass rush get there, a.k.a. the left side and Jedrick Wills, rookie right tackle Dewan Jones has looked phenomenal in pass protection. The big fellow, 350 pounds, I think he is, or something like that. He's looked great. Defense, don't even got to mention it. Your boy, uh, Jim Schwartz, his made the Browns look like uh, all-time defense. I think the only defense so far through this uh, point in the season that has played better was the 99 Bucks, and pretty sure they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So Browns at home, divisional opponent, got the bye week coming up next week for Cleveland. This is the week to gain a little momentum, get those legs fresh after the bye, come off a big win against you know the Baltimore Ravens and division opponent. I'm going to pick the Browns here as well. I think the Ravens in this offense could, you know, 
give the Browns their biggest challenge so far this season. But ultimately, like we mentioned, I think this Browns defense is just really, really good. And it comes down to them making one or two big plays, get one or two big turnovers, give that offense the ball in plus territory where you don't have to see Deshaun Watson, you know, go 80, 70 yards just to score points, make it easier for the offense. I just like the Browns here at home. This defense is on fire. And I just want to say Davion Clowney is really not doing anything against the Browns. So if he's got that in mind, other than stopping and running, because that's all he does off the edge, but had to throw in a little Clowney hate there. Next game up, Vikings travel to Carolina to play the Panthers, man. And this one, I mean, I, I just feel bad for the Panthers right now. It seems like they got really nothing going for this team right now. Um, Adam Thielen, 30-something-year-old receiver on the outside, just had his best game <laughs> last last week with your backup quarterback in the game. I mean, the Vikings 0-3, really struggling. They really need to win. I mean, it's do or die right now. They need to win this football game. 0-3, I think this is a perfect game. On the road, get that momentum. Big road win for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins and Jay Jets. I mean, the Vikings have, like, the number one offense in the league in they're 0-3, so I think they finally budge this week, catch a dub against these Carolina Panthers. They just, they're, they're not looking good on paper or on the field. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, I believe, is leading the league in passing yards and in touchdowns. These losses have not been on Kirk at all. Justin Jefferson, he's continuing to just dominate from the receiver spot. I think he has the most yards. He has over, I think, he has 150 yards in all games except for last week where he had 149. So you might as well just give him 150. But, yeah, both of these teams are winless. So one team will get their first one of the season. I can easily see the Vikings fumbling the ball three times again like they have in the past couple weeks. And the Panthers just stumbling into a win here at home. But I do think this is a get somewhat get-right game for the Vikings. And they take care of business to a Panthers team that, I don't know, Kind of just looks like they're, are they the worst than the Bears? Not too sure. Not a lot of brightness over there in Carolina right now in terms of the Panthers. So I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings on the road. Yeah, next game up, man. Cincinnati Bengals, they travel to Tennessee to play the Titans, man. We saw what happened to the Titans last week. Derrick Henry couldn't get it going. Brown stopped that run, held Derrick Henry to career low in first half yards. The Bengals, obviously, I expect Henry to kind of, you know, get back to form, have a good game. But Tannehill, he was missing some easy throws out there. Joe Burrow on his one calf last night. I mean, he still made the plays when he needed to trust his playmakers. And Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon got himself into the end zone as well. I just... I feel like this Titans team, man, they need to decide whether it's rebuild. It, it really is rebuild, and I think they need to make that decision now sooner than later versus, you know, hold on to these players too long and just end up not getting a return and end up waiting even longer for their rebuild. So I think they're on the, the way out this year, man. Bengals get a road win, much needed as well. Yeah, this Bengals offense has looked shaky so far, and it's literally just because Joe Burrow has been banged up. So as long as he can stay somewhat healthy, I mean, at what point do you kind of consider maybe sitting him not to risk a longer term, like a longer injury, a more serious injury? 
But if he's back there, this Bengals team has a shot. Like you mentioned, the Titans, you're kind of in no man's land right now. They have some competitive pieces. They have a really good coach, but then they also have an aging quarterback, an aging running back, maybe the worst offensive line in football right now. So it's not pretty. I'm going to take the Bengals uh, on the road. And this is kind of like a little rivalry game, too. They played in the playoffs the last couple years. Joe Burrow had that big game when he was sacked the most. But I think this Bengals team is better. Yeah, definitely are. That's going to lead us to Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to New Orleans. Another divisional matchup over there in the NFC South, man. Derek Carr likely to play the safe route and won't play this game. Um, Baker Mayfield, we, we saw the Monday night game. Did I think they scored a garbage-time touchdown in the Buccaneers. But the, the Eagles controlled, you know, a majority of this game, I think, from the second quarter on. It really started turning on, and it, it was all Eagles from there, especially um, after the turnover that the Eagles had that led to, um, you know, the demise of the game, I believe. I think it was that s- second quarter. When it did happen, but yeah, all uh, that Jalen Carter fumble was like right before halftime, so it was right there in the second quarter. Yeah, um, I mean the Bucks, man. I've watched Baker Mayfield for plenty of years. I get the hype. He's an energetic guy, uh, true leader, you know, on the field. But I, I just don't think it's there. Mike Evans did have some bad drops yesterday. It probably you know really hurt the the Bucks. But I think Jameis Winston, you know. You get a you get a Jameis Winston where he was on the Bucks, man, where he was throwing forty touchdowns and thirty picks or whatever it was, you know, kind of a little revenge game from the team that drafted him one overall. So I really like that Saints team. Alvin Kamara, home free. He made that put a little face on that Drewski skit <laughs> where he got out of jail. He said he's home now. And that running back room is looking good. The receiving core is looking solid. Can they just stop, you know, the Bucks from getting those easy plays? I think the Saints do. I think they force a couple turnovers on Baker. I think they get a, a big win at home, you know. You know the Dome's going to be rocking over there in New Orleans, so. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bucks here. I just think the Bucks are the better team overall. Now, sloppy game, not what you want to see at home on Monday night, but against the Eagles, which we, we just talked about, was one of the best teams in the league. So, it was going to be tough regardless, but I think they can beat the Saints team. You talked about Mike Evans having a couple tough draws. Well, he also probably had the best catch of the year so far with that one-handed snag and then following up with that touchdown catch. But they have weapons on the outside. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, those guys are going to get it done through the air. I mean, you get that classic two times a year, Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike <laughs> Evans matchup. A lot of big rivalry, so... We'll see those guys going at it. Rashad White has looked decent in that run game, and I just think it was a really bad matchup for the Bucks. You kind of mentioned Baker Mayfield. You always said his biggest issue is like once you get that interior pressure and it's kind of over for him. Well, Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox are probably the two best interior pass rushing duos, so I don't think they'll see pressure like that against the Saints, although they do have a really good defense, but... I just don't know if Jameis Winston is going to be the answer. And you know they're going to have Taysom Hill taking like 30% of the snaps at quarterback <laughs> as well. So it'll be it'll be kind of a two-QB system. I, I just think the Bucks are a better team right now. This is a good division. Get back on track game. I think their offense is still going to be 
pretty explosive, and I don't think they'll be held to 11 or 17 points again. Yeah, next game up, man. Miami Dolphins, they're traveling to northeast New York to play the Buffalo Bills, man. And on the road, you know, maybe later in the season, I would look at this a little bit tougher matchup when you get a winter time, maybe snow coming down. Uh, but the weather's probably going to be beautiful fall weather over there in Buffalo, man. You know, nothing out the ordinary. Obviously, still a tough place to play. The Bills Mafia is going to be rocking. We talked about 70 points. You know, the Bills, they had those four turnovers forced. One of them was like a batted ball that was picked off by uh, A.J. Espinaza on, on the defensive end. Really don't expect those plays to happen like that. Uh, again, it was Sam Howell at quarterback. But I talked about how I like the way James Cook has looked. If they don't utilize James Cook, I really don't think it's going to have a chance to win. Now, last year in Miami, I think it was the last time that Tua and Josh Allen faced. No, they faced one more time later in the year. But that game, it came down to Josh Allen short-arming that throw at the goal line with the game on the line. I think it's going to be another great game, classic matchup between these two teams in the AFC East. I think for years to come with this quarterback matchup, I just got two of the number one offense, and I think that defense just plays well enough and starts getting back on track to what I was talking about, where they can start winning some football games. Yeah, this is definitely game of the week, game of the year so far potentially. Um, this was a tough one for me. I was I started off picking the Bills, but then I kind of just thought like this Dolphins offense is going to score points, and I, I'm going to have to see someone stop it before I kind of pick against them. So I can definitely see the Bills. Winning this game at home. They got, they've got all the momentum right now. Coming off of two nice wins against the Raiders. And then the Commanders on the road. So the Bills kind of have everything you need. And you mentioned they're going to get that running game going with Cook. Stephon Diggs, he's going to be a problem regardless. And Josh Allen just makes plays. But can they score more points than the Dolphins? I mean, when it comes to this team, that's literally all it's going to come down to. Maybe Waddle's back and healthy. Add another element to that offense. But... You got Tyreek Hill, A-Chain, Mostert. We mentioned all these guys. Regardless of who they play, I think they're just going to be open. Regard, like It doesn't matter. Running or passing, there's going to be space. So I'm going to pick the Dolphins right now. They're the hottest team in the league, and I don't see anyone stopping this offense yet. So give me Miami on the road. Don't hate it at all, man. Maybe 2-0 and against a division opponent, man. Tough thing to do, but you got to get that road win first. Next game up, man, the Denver Broncos travel to Chicago to play the Bears. And someone, I saw a meme, they said, flex this game to Wednesday at 3 in the morning. Yeah. It's just a very good point, man. The Broncos just got 70 put up on their head. The Bears arguably looked like the worst team, if not the worst team, in the National Football League. So this is my message to the Chicago Bears organization. Just let Justin Fields free, man. Like, you wanted to protect him, make him more of this passing quarterback, get rid of those design runs. Well, I mean, if you really don't know if he's the quarterback of your future, what's going on, you give me that Justin Fields that can run the football, man, and maybe throw the ball 15 times in a game. But that's what I want to see right now this week against this struggling Broncos team. If it doesn't happen this week, it's not going to happen all season. So if you don't let the full leash off and say, Man, Justin Fields, is this one this is the way you want to play football if you want to play 
you know, dangerous get out, run on some read options, design quarterback runs. Let's do it this week because we got to see if this is actually, you know, something we're going to move forward with the rest of the year. Hopefully he can make some couple throws. I, I'm just not buying into the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. I don't know if the Broncos organization's cursed right now, mm-hmm. if it's just Russ in itself. But they're top down. They're struggling on all phases uh, of the game. So give me the Bears solely because they're playing at home. Um, I just want to say I'm very impressed how you managed to say all that about a Broncos versus Chicago Bears game. Like, you, you got that because I, I couldn't come up with nothing, bro. Broncos just got 70 put up on them. The Bears just got 41 put up on them. I don't really got nothing much to say, bro. I'm picking the Broncos. That's all I got, bro. Uh, next game up, the Commanders travel to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Dude, what I saw from the Commanders last week. I mean, is there much to say here? I, I was buying into the John Dotson hype and fantasy. And, and man, am I really biting my tongue this year? <laughs> Give me the Eagles, bro. I'll let you talk about your team. Yeah, um, I'm going to pick the Eagles here as well at home. I think this is like the first like regular 1 o'clock game we've had all season. So it'll be nice to, well, not have like the spotlight on us and everyone judging the Eagles after every game because it's prime time. But last year we lost this game on a Monday night. This was our first loss of the season to the Commanders at home. But this is a totally different situation, different team. I think the Eagles are trending in the right direction, whereas the Commanders looked a little promising, had a nice comeback win against the Broncos, but we just touched on the Broncos. Not impressive. Got blown out by the Bills last week. Sam Howell looked to be a little banged up. Maybe Might be in concussion protocol, so... Not too sure what they got going on there quarterback-wise. Who's behind them? Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, I think. I, I like that. Yeah, uh, solid backup. He's had a decent career, but I just think the Eagles handle business, get this win at home, and they continue to look better and better every week. Defense look lights out against the Bucks. Run game is still going to look really, really good. Best run game in the league right now, offensively and scheme-wise. So all we really missing right now is, it's just that big passing game, and slowly, week by week, we'll see it come fully together. Devontae Smith looking really good the first two games, and this past week, it was A.J. Brown. So it's only a matter of time, so things click. Everyone gets on the same page, and this offense kind of explodes. So give me the Eagles at home. Yeah, next game up, man. It's going to bring us to the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Houston to play the Texans, man. And you mentioned – that you were thinking about putting the Steelers in your power rankings. I get it. They're 2-1. I know they beat my Browns. And it was solely because of Jedrick Wills, in my opinion. It wasn't solely, but I like putting the blame on him because he's a lazy left tackle, to say the least. But I'm not buying into the Steelers. I know the defense is great. T.J. Watt, uh, Alex Highsmith, Dirty Mika Fitzpatrick, whatever it is. Their defense is elite. Can't take that away from them. But Kenny Pickett is the exact opposite of elite. He is a bottom-tier quarterback. And last week in their win, he threw for 235 yards on 57% completion percentage. Two touchdowns, no picks. Um, He's thrown for under 60% the whole year. 80 passer rating. 
and he's thrown four touchdowns and three picks so far in this season. He's doing a little bit better than last year. He's seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. But against this Texans team, we just mentioned the offense, man, with the way C.J. Strouds looked. This defense could give them some fits. When in doubt, lean on that run game and Damian Pierce. I think they'll be just fine. I just don't see the Steelers. I, I don't see Kenny Pickett airing it out for 300 at all. Yeah, I like the Texans here as well at home, but I don't think they lean on the run game at all. So far this season, C.J. Stroud has proven that he's able to pretty much make any throw on the field. He's been throwing, like I mentioned earlier, really, really accurately. He's been throwing with anticipation, reading defenses pre- and post-snap, getting the ball where it needs to go, and they got playmakers on the outside. I think this offense for the Texans is really, really promising, and it'll be a good challenge going up against this Steelers team, but outside of T.J. Watt, who is arguably the best player defensively, not, I mean, they have some solid pieces, but nothing that really blows you away. You know, nothing like the 49ers or like the Browns who have multiple really good set pieces in that defense. You got TJ Watt and then Highsmith, he's really good. But outside of that, Patrick Peterson got cooked all night by Devontae Adams. And then they tried to switch Levi Wallace on him and he continued to get cooked. Devontae Adams had a big game. So outside of Mika in that secondary and not really much else in that linebacking core. If T.J. Watt doesn't get home to C.J. Stroud, I think he'll have a really, really easy time kind of picking apart this defense on the back end. So the Texans are looking good, man. I think they'll score a bunch of points. And like you mentioned, I don't think Kenny Pickett can go into a shootout with C.J. Stroud at this point in his career, which says a lot. So give me C.J. Stroud, one of the best young promising quarterbacks in the league right now. And I think they put up a decent amount of points. And if it's not George Pickens, carrying Kenny Pickett with a big play down the field or whatever, or Pickens making one or two nice plays. His offense really doesn't have any answer. So I like the Texans. Jalen Warren is somewhat an answer for him, but yeah, I don't expect Kenny Pickett to ever be able to do what CJ Stroud did in his first three games in the NFL ever. So that's going to lead us to our next game. Vegas Raiders, man, they're traveling to Los Angeles, not too far to play the Chargers at SoFi. Might as well call this a neutral site at this point. Um, the Chargers finally got their first win, and it was because the Vikings were literally shooting themselves in the foot with those fumbles you mentioned. I mean, every game they seem to have those. But the Raiders, Jimmy G did not look good at all last week. They can't get that run game going with Josh Jacobs. And I don't see the Raiders really winning this game if they can't get that run game going against the Chargers. It'd be the only way they can win. Justin Herbert, huge day or huge game this week. You know, the connection to Keenan Allen, Mike Will. Mike Will now out. It's time for, you know, Josh Palmer, uh, Johnston to step up as well. I think, is Eckler coming back this uh, week? Maybe. I'm not sure. Either way, Josh Kelly has looked very serviceable in his games, picking up Eckler's slack, you know, running the football. Not really last week, but um, has definitely looked solid. I expect the Chargers to win this football game, although um, Staley should be fired. I think it was Coach JB. I sent you that video where he said they fire him. Is it like fourth and five in your own territory? Fourth and three in your own territory? Yeah, it's fourth and two. What are, yeah, mm. fourth and two, and you go for it in your own territory to just give the ball back right to the Vikings. If it wasn't for your defense finally making a play, getting a pick, I mean, it's a whole different story at this point. But 
regardless of the fact, man, I like the Chargers here. Justin Herbert has been playing uh, phenomenal football and will probably continue to against this suspect Raiders defense. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Chargers here as well. You kind of touched on the Raiders. The Raiders are like the definition of just like a mid-team. Mm-hmm. They have some nice pieces, but nothing really that outside of Devontae Adams that kind of puts them over the top. And unfortunately, you're going to need more than, you know, a top three, top five receiver to help you win games. Just ask the Vikings who have the best receiver. So I'm going to take the Chargers. Justin Herbert, you can argue he's playing the best football right now from the quarterback position. He had a really, really big game. Got blitzed like the entire game last week, and I think had like the most efficient game in X amount of years being blitzed that many amount of times. So, Justin Herbert, he's playing on a really, really high elite level. Him and Keenan Allen are looking like the best duo in the league right now. They're up there with you know Cousins and Jefferson. So, I think the Chargers got a good win, finally got their first W under the belt, heading in the right direction. And this Raiders team, um. They'll probably have more fans at this game than they did for their home game last week against the Steelers back in L.A. But I like the Chargers. I think they're a better team, and they they get it done at home. No doubt, man. That's going to lead us to our next game, man. The Arizona Cardinals fresh off a dub. They're going to San Fran to play the 49ers, man, and it just doesn't seem right. They're at the two opposite ends of the totem pole. And for the 49ers, you know, it should necessarily be a walk in the park. But Josh Dobbs played a great game last week. Cardinals got a huge win. Probably one of the very few they will get this season if Kyler Murray doesn't return at all as well. But, I mean, the Niners top down. We have them number two power rank for a reason. These are games at home. You win these type of football games. The great teams, this is where they win it. Versus the good teams, they get trapped in these games. And I think the Niners are a great team. I think they get this dub at home against the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm with you here, man. Um, the Cardinals showed last week that they can be competitive. They have a little little juice, a little spark. You know, when they game plan and kind of take Micah out completely, then they had a shot. And, you know, caps off to him. Nice to see Jonathan Gannon get his first win as a head coach coming from Philly. Like you mentioned, Dallas played really well, but... It's the 49ers, man. Most complete team in football. Brock Purdy getting more and more confident, more and more comfortable in that offense. And that team all around is looking very hard to beat. So I I don't see the Cardinals going into San Francisco and beating the 49ers at home. So I'm going to pick the 49ers. One one of arguably the best team in football. Next up, man. New England Patriots travel to Jerry's World to play the Cowboys. And you mentioned, like, the Raiders are the definition of mid. I don't know if it gets more mid than a Pats low-key. I mean, you know, they don't excel at anything. They're not atrociously bad at everything. So it's like they're just kind of sitting there. They got to win against the Zach Wilson Jets last week. I mean, yeah, sure, you could say they were, oh, that offensive alignment had a first down against the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, whatever it is, man. They're on the road against the Cowboys coming off the worst game they played this season. And a lot of question marks surrounding the Cowboys right now. So the same old Cowboys, that's why we're talking about it. I think the Cowboys get back on track. Micah Parsons, even if they take him out of this game, I don't see Dak in that offense struggling as much as they did last week. They could struggle, but you don't need 30 points to beat this Patriots team. You need 24, 21, maybe even 17 points to beat them. 
So I think I think the Dak and the Cowboys could get it done this week at home against the Patriots. I'm going to pick the Cowboys as well. I think the Patriots are a pretty mid-team, like you mentioned, but they have a really solid defense. I like their pass rush, and their secondary is good as well. Christian Gonzalez has looked like, you know, arguably the steal of the draft so far. You kind of touched on You were higher on him, and he's fell towards the middle of the uh, draft, and the Patriots got a really, really good steal. And he's been playing good football. So I don't know if this Cowboys offense, how they'll do, because we saw them against the Cardinals wasn't too impressive. This Patriots defense, you know, Belichick, they're going to make it even harder for Dak. They're going to force Dak to make plays with his arm, extend plays. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to do that. But good thing for the Patriots, they have to go on offense. So for the Cowboys, I think that defense will make some really, really big plays. Like you mentioned, Michael Parsons, I don't think he'll be completely quiet. Wasn't even completely quiet last game. I think he had a sack, maybe a couple TFLs, but Patriots, Mac Jones, they have a solid O-line, but Mac Jones and those weapons don't really excite me at all. So I think this Cowboys defense at home and well, honestly, is kind of a must-win game. Like if the Cowboys fall to two and two and lose back-to-back games to the Cardinals and Patriots, then you got some real concerns. I don't think this Cowboys team is that bad. I think defensively, they'll hold their own. At home, those you know they don't want to fall to two and two, backs against the wall, kind of. And I just don't see how Mac Jones and this offense will be able to create any kind of explosive plays, positive plays against what is a really good Cowboys defense. So, like you mentioned, I think the Cowboys get back on track at home. Yeah, really quick, you mentioned that that Christian Gonzalez. I was kind of high on him in the draft, and he slid. We kind of expected the Eagles to maybe take a look at Christian Gonzalez with James Bradbury possibly. Uh, departing from Philly. Yeah, that, but that was because we didn't think Jalen Carter would be on the board. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> he might have been taken a little bit earlier. Jalen Carter fell, obviously, the anomaly of the draft, I'd call it. But Christian Gonzalez, I was high on him. Great size, nice speed on the outside. He's lengthy. I mean, he could do it all. And that's the Bill Belichick kind of prototype player he wants on his team. So, And he's definitely been challenged in his first, you know, three games in the NFL and he's held up his own. So young guys doing well out there on the outside for the Patriots leads us to Sunday night football, which what we thought would be a Mahomes Rogers showdown. Well, it was not happening, man. The Chiefs against the Jets. Zach Wilson's the starter. Joe Namath said he's seen enough. The all time great <laughs> of the Jets. He wants Zach Wilson out. They signed Trevor Simeon. Um, Broncos legend. Yeah, you might as well just call up what's his name, Brock Osweiler, and sign him too. Cause, <laughs> yeah, dog, it just, what are you, you come from Zach Wilson? It's it's bad over there in New York, man. Feel bad for those guys, the skill position guys, whether it's Garrett Wilson, maybe even Brees Hall, the defense. They they got to wait another year. I got the Chiefs on the road Sunday Night Football. Yeah, give me a Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs as well, and I. This is tough, man. Sunday night football. I feel bad for all the Jets fans just because they're gonna, like all their games are going to be on prime time. Everyone's going to be watching and everyone's going to get to see how good this Jets roster is besides the quarterback position. That's going to be the one thing holding them back. And the Jets are going to have to just sit there and deal with the fact that, yes, the Jets know how bad they are. But now everyone else knows how bad they are at quarterback and how good that roster is. So kind of like 
throwing salt in the wound is tough because it was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers. That's the reason the Jets have all these primetime games. Unfortunate with the injury and unfortunate with the way the Jets have to yet again watch their season crumble and unfold. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah. And then Monday night, probably finally have a good matchup to at least be serviceable. Seahawks travel to New York to play the Giants. I know the Giants have looked real shaky. They've also had a lot of primetime games so far this season. And it's, it's really hard, man. You know, when the NFL makes these schedules, they're thinking about healthy rosters last year in an account. Well, this is football. You got to step on the field New Year every time. And it's a different story around for the Giants this year right now. A team that shocked the world to get in the playoffs last year. They have struggled mightily so far in the season. They're at home. East Ruther- Rutherford, you know, over there at MetLife. I mean, they're playing back-to-back nights, primetime football over there in New York. And I think back-to-back nights, New York falls. Give me the Seahawks on the road. Pack them up. Man, just like in week one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks on the road. I just think they're the better team right now. The Giants showed a little bit of life, had a nice comeback win against the Cardinals, but didn't look too good against the 49ers on Thursday night football. We're a little bit banged up. Hopefully, Saquon, he might try to push to play this game. If not, we'll see him return soon. But I just like the Seahawks. I like them better. Geno Smith, those offensive weapons, that run game especially, I think they'll give the Giants some trouble, and I think the Seahawks win a, a close game on the road. No doubt. Kenneth Walker is looking to be uh, – he is looking really elite right now, and he could be in question – you know, for a top five running back finish this year as well. So, another reason I like those Seahawks as well, man. That's going to wrap up our pickums, man. I'm one game ahead. You're one game right behind me, man. This week, we got some shakeup picks definitely in the mix, man. We'll see if week four of the NFL season, man. Obviously, week five, we finally start getting our first buys and switching things up as well, man. But any last comments, takes anything like that, man? Yeah, I think we should both just like agree to not count this Broncos Bears game like towards the record. Like it's just like Dog, I was so down with throw, you, a throwaway game. I just wanted to be the kind of different. Yeah, bro, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. My my Justin Fields stock is the reason I picked the Bears, bro. Yeah, my Justin Fields stock is the reason I picked the Broncos. So, like I said, man, it's it's. Yeah, bro, but you beat me in one point in fantasy football. I had Justin Fields as my quarterback. And somehow Kenny Pickett wanted to hook up with George Pickens one last time in that game. <laughs> like, bro, it is what it is, man. Jordan Love, nah, he won't be starting, but someone else will next week for my team. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm definitely on those waivers in the league. I have Jordan. Love. I've already I've already made a Jordan Love pickup. So yeah, no doubt, man. Fields is out of here. Yeah, I don't know whether to stash him or not, bro. I might just. Dropped it, but then he might go for like 200 rushing yards. Nah, at this point, bro, he could go for 200 yards, just not on my team, bro. Like, I don't even <laughs> care. Like, I just don't want him. You just don't want to see him? Nah. Uh, I feel that, bro, man. Regardless. Wish him the best elsewhere. <laughs> Fantasy football free agency, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one's picking him up. <laughs> um, Go to go pod on TikTok, man. Go to go YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all that. Like, comment, share, subscribe. 
hit that follow button as well on TikTok, man. Until next week, man. Episode 58. Appreciate everyone, man. Peace.